books and I uh, need you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll be there in a few minutes. <clears throat> Page 185. We have been talking about the, uh, the Baptist distinctives, the thing that makes us Baptist. And uh, <clears throat> we've talked about well, actually, on page 184, we, we talked about um, uh, biblical authority standing for the B in Baptist, uh, biblical authority in all matters of faith and practice. A is the uh, autonomy or, or self-governing power of the local church. Uh, P uh, is uh, priesthood of the believer, uh, and we, we talked about that. Last week, we... Uh, finished up with T, uh, two offices. So tonight we're going to be talking about um, the letter I, and that is individual soul liberty. Individual soul liberty, and and <clears throat> you know this is this is a biblical truth that <clears throat> many many people in America have a hard time comprehending the importance of individual soul liberty. So we're going to talk about that for a little while, and hopefully uh, I'll be able to help you get a better understanding of it. But let's see what the author says here. It says, uh, uh, We believe that each person must make a personal decision of repentance and faith in Christ. Parents do not make this decision for their children, and the government cannot make it for its people. Now, let's, let's talk about that statement for a minute. <clears throat> Who, whose responsibility is it to be saved? It's, it's our individual. We, we have to make that decision. And, and we've talked about this, but um, there, there are a lot of uh, theologies out there a lot of religious practices out there that that basically say if you are not part of our church or our religious system, then you cannot be saved. Um, <clears throat> there is a prominent thinking out there called um, Calvinism. <clears throat> that in its simplest form says God chooses who goes to heaven and who does not. And <clears throat> it is important that we understand that that responsibility falls on us. Let's continue reading. He says, additionally, each person is responsible before God in matters of holiness and conscience, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So <clears throat> let's talk about individual soul liberty for a little bit because, uh, he, you know, he, th this book is limited to the, the ability to expound on all of these subjects. So I want to talk about this because this is really, really important that we get a hold of this. Second uh, Corinthians, uh, chapter three. Let's start. Read, uh, well, let's read verse seventeen. 
If any man defiled the temple of God, first, what? Oh, I, oh I'm in First Corinthians. Sorry. All right. All right. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. For we are not as... Oh, I'm on two. Okay. See? Okay. That's a good thing I'm human, right? Okay, now the Lord uh, is that spirit. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Uh, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. liberty. There's liberty. Now this word liberty, the, the, the Greek word for the word liberty, means personal freedom from slavery. That's what this word means. And when we are in Christ, we have liberty. Jesus sets us free. Christ said in in John chapter 8, verse 36, he says, "If, uh, if the Son therefore make you free, you shall, you shall be what? Free indeed. We are free in Christ. <clears throat> Liberty and freedom are two words that Paul uses often to sum up the salvation experience, if you would. Because when we, when we are saved... We are set free. We have been um, uh, liberated, if you would, from the chains of bondage. Turn over to Romans, first Romans. (laughs) Yeah, if there's a second, we have a big problem. Romans chapter 6. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Okay, so what is... Paul trying to tell us here in Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Okay, Angie? That we have liberty. Okay, we are no longer in bondage, right? Okay, What what is the unfortunate implication of this verse? Well, the, well, uh, yeah, but he's talking to save people. So, what what is the implication here? Okay, we're saved by grace, not by, works. not by works, lest any man should boast. It is up to you. Okay, you have been set free, but whether or not you are free is your choice. If, whether you accept the gift or not. Because I, I'll be honest with you, I know lots of people who, 
who claim Christ who are still under bondage. For sin shall not have dominion over you. In other words, it can still have dominion over you, but it doesn't have to because of what Christ did for us. The biblical concept of liberty is quite different from the world's opinion of liberty. The world would agree with Patrick Henry when he said, give me liberty or what? Give me death. See, that's how the world looks at liberty. To be free, to make my own choices. What is what can be the problem with the world's philosophy of liberty? Okay, well, the people do what they want to do. Okay, it has nothing to do with God. You guys are right on the edge of this thing. Wait, come on, keep thinking. Okay, <clears throat> what, is the, what is the downside to the world's view of liberty? Okay, you're right there. Okay, you're right there. Okay, our freedom can cause bondage. Okay, in our country today, it is legal to buy alcohol. But what happens to an alcoholic? They're in bondage. I heard today that the city of San Francisco... <clears throat> is dropping the marijuana tax so that legal marijuana sellers don't have to compete with drug dealers. That's bondage. That's 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 bondage. And and we as a nation have the freedom to do what we want. But a lot of what we want is actually bondage, is it not? So biblical liberty is not the same thing as being living in a country that is free. Okay, turn in your Bibles to to Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter two, Second Peter, chapter two. Second Peter, chapter two. Let's read verse nineteen. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same he has brought into bondage. What is that talking about? Anybody? It's pretty obvious, at least to me. Okay. Exactly. When when you when you when you live in the world of addiction, you are not a free person. 
Right. Dress this way, act this way, do this way, but that's in, that's bondage. Exactly. When I was saved, I was an alcoholic. Was I free? No. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The ultimate liberty that we are set free of is the freedom from death through the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. For this is the record that God hath uh, given unto uh, us eternal life, and this the life, uh, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So, there's liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is great peace. Now, I want you to think about this day. I'm going to read this statement. And, and I'm here to tell you there is great peace in this statement. I will do what I believe God wants me to do. Now, let, let's, let's bring that down and apply it to our lives. When Paul was talking to the New Testament church, and he said that, that we can have liberty... What was the political climate like? Okay, it was Roman rule. Was there freedom in Rome? No, absolutely not. But yet Paul said we can be free in Christ. So freedom for a believer has got nothing to do with the, the country that we live in. What is freedom? Okay, it's, it's in Christ. But freedom is the next statement I'm, I'm, I'm going to make. You are responsible to God for your actions. That's freedom. Why is that statement so important to the concept of individual soul liberty. Exactly. We will all give an account to God for what we do. But there's, a, there's, a, there's an even better side to all of that. And that is, I don't have to be responsible for anybody but me. See, <clears throat> individual soul liberty is so important because what does religion teach? Religion teaches bondage. 
Like, like Melanie said a few minutes ago, here is a list of rules that you have to abide by. That's what religion says. You have to go to the priest for forgiveness. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to be this. You have to be that. That's what religion says. But my God says, I can serve God the way I feel I need to serve God. And that's liberating. Well, well, of course. That's, you know, yeah, yeah, you don't work off your feelings, but you know what I mean by that. As God convicts you and works in your heart and your life, you have the right to worship any way you want. And I've had people through the years tell me, well, I don't believe in organized religion. Okay. You know, I I don't either, but that's okay. You know, I don't believe what we do here is organized religion. Now they would, but I don't. But you know what? I'm okay with that because you know what? They're the ones going to have to answer for God. Not me. True liberty has nothing to do with the country that you live in, the political climate that's going on, or any other circumstance. True biblical liberty is something that takes place in the heart. Again, when Paul wrote about having liberty, he wrote about it in the midst of the Roman Empire (laughs) when he couldn't do anything without getting permission. But yet he was a free man. Individual soul liberty. It is important that we understand that. Any questions before we move on? I don't know about you, but I, I, I find it very freeing as a pastor to be able to tell you, you know what? You have the right to worship any way you want. Now, Grace Baptist Church as a church, there are certain ways that we're going to do it. And, you know, that's just the way we have decided to do it. <clears throat> But there is so much freedom in being able to say, you know what? You can worship God any way that you need to. And I would expect the same back. The problem is religion doesn't teach that. It mandates certain things. So anyway, any 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 questions before we move on?
You know, I, I some of you, you know, may think I'm crazy, but I, I love to I love to go out in the desert and just spend time with God. I mean, to me, there's no, there, you know, there there is nothing like going out in the desert, hiking up to the top of a hill and just sitting out and looking out over a beautiful valley, and just you and God. But you know what? My wife would never do that. <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> but you know what that's how that's how I get alone with God yeah that that's that's the way I do it yes ma'am that's there you go there you but go a side note on that. Right. So you right. did that yesterday afternoon after the stress of helping your dad and went out in the desert, but you're here today. Right. So we're supposed to follow right. what the scripture says in that moment. Okay, anything else? And I, and I, I'll just add to that because I was right because as a 57 year old man, I look forward to seeing this money in the church because they they have it. Amen. Amen. The community of the local church, and we're not talking about that the, the the individual celebrity really is not dealing with the local church issue. We already talked about that, but it, you know it does, I guess, kind of dovetail in there. But um, it, it, you know, to me, it's just it, it is just an awesome thing to know that I can worship God the way I need to do it, and that I don't have to do it a you know, I don't have a list of rules that I have to keep. I can just serve God the way I feel this book tells me to. That to me is freeing. Anybody else? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want a, li- a, li- a book of rules, man. Read the book of Leviticus. Yes. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Hearing this from Paul was truly a whole new Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was revolutionary. That that kind of thinking was was revolutionary. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. <clears throat> the next the next blank here, uh, page uh, one eighty six um, S for separation of church and state. And um, uh, although Christians should be uh, law-abiding citizens, the the state should have no power to create a religion or to intervene in the free expression of religious liberty. Uh, Acts chapter 5, verses uh, 29 to 31, it says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men but god uh the the god of our fathers 
raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted uh, with his right hand to be a prince and a savior uh, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Now, it is important that we get this right because the Supreme Court of the United States does not have it right. Okay? (laughs) It is not keeping the church out of the state. It is the state staying out of the church. Okay? Uh, The Supreme Court's got it backwards. And basically, our, our nation was formed by people that were experiencing religious persecution. And they wanted to go to a place where they could worship the way they wanted so that the government would not intervene. Who are those people called? The, 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 the Puritans, the separatists, but most people would call them the pilgrims. The whole reason they came to, well, they thought India, actually, okay, the New World, was to find a place where they could just simply worship God. That was it. They they had no from my from the reading that I've done, they had no desire to form a nation. That was not their purpose. They did not come over and say, "Hey, let's let's start the United States." That no. They just wanted a place free from tyranny. That's all they wanted. But what happened? Commercialism came in. They found out there was profit to be made in the United States, what is now the United States, and ruined it all. (laughs) But it's interesting, if you do some research, before the Bill of Rights and the, the Constitution was signed, there was a group of Christians that <clears throat> were, for lack of better terms, they were not getting behind the Constitution and the Bill of Rights because the Continental Congress wanted to form a state religion. And there were, there were primarily Baptists, but some uh, um, um, other face um, I'm drawing a blank on them right now but I, I, I anyway um, there were half dozen religious um, no not nominations uh, groups that were petitioning and saying look if there is no religious freedom, then we will not be a part of this new nation being formed. So the separation of church and state is actually 
because they insisted that that be part of the Bill of Rights. And that the United States would not form a state religion. Think about this, because, again, this is revolutionary thinking. Because every country at, at the time, every major country in the world had a state church. And the United the, the people <clears throat> came together and they said, we will not get behind unless this is, this is written in. They wrote it in to the Bill of Rights and it became law. And praise God for that. Any questions before we move on? Because <clears throat> this is, again, th- these are important things. Yes? Well, no, it's, a question. it's not a question, but um, we've also been taught another S. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, he does. Yeah, there, there's. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, we have about three minutes before we need to stop for our business meeting. So we're going to stop here. Um, (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and uh, pray, and uh, and we'll be done. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. Lord, I ask that you would bless this business meeting that we are about to have. Uh, give us wisdom, and Lord, uh, help us, help us, dear God, to have wisdom, have unity of thought, and more importantly, to put you first. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay.